Hello again and welcome to another episode of the Ominous Origins Podcast with me, Casey. Of course, this episode is still brought to you by the wonderful people over at MorbidlyBeautiful.com. Morbidly Beautiful is your one-stop shop for all things horror content related, from interviews, reviews, top 10 lists, and of course, everything in between. Hopefully you understood that. I went through that really, really quickly for some reason. And no, it's not pre-recorded. I do that fresh every single episode because, I don't know, it's fun, I guess. Today's episode is going to be different. I know I say that almost every single week, but this time it's true. For the first time in the history of this podcast, I think, anyway, I'm going to be doing a top five list. I don't have a whole lot of time this week, so I just want to get something out there for you to consume. Because we are consumers. Every single one of us likes to consume everything else, so here's some more consumption for you, I guess. I don't know what I'm going on about. Anyway... This week, we're going to talk about my top five favorite cryptids. Yes, the spooky, scary cryptids. They're not really all that spooky or scary. They're just really interesting. We're going to kick things off right now with number five. Ominous. Ominous. It is an adjective. Sounds like someone breathing. So yes, if it wasn't clear or obvious, this podcast really wouldn't be around without the help of these wonderful cryptids. These pseudo-scientific studies of beasts and creatures that may or may not occur. The missing links. The things forgotten to history, time, and evolution. And we're going to start things off with a classic. Gotta go with the classics, right? We're starting off with Bigfoot. He goes by a bunch of different names like Sasquatch or even the... Yeti to an extent, Skunk Ape is a sort of stinky Bigfoot, you know, they're all kind of similar in the same vein of things, so that's why I didn't go into detail about all of them. We're just going to go into the Bigfoot, and his purportedly an ape-like creature said to inhabit the forests of North America. Now, many dubious articles have been offered in attempts to prove the existence of Bigfoot, including anecdotal claims of sightings, as well as alleged videos and audio recordings, photographs and casts of very large footprints. Some, even most, are generally admitted to be hoaxes at some point in time, and you may even remember the videotape, the Patterson-Gimlin film. Yeah, remember that one? That grainy two-second footage or whatever it is of a Sasquatch, Bigfoot, whatever, just kind of meandering through a river in like, I want to say the 60s I think it was in. So crazy. Now, Bigfoot is obviously one of the most well-known cryptids on the planet. You'd be hard-pressed to find anybody who doesn't know or has never heard of Bigfoot, or Bigfoot by another name. So that's why he has to crack this top five list. Honestly, is he that interesting? Not really. He's been done to death. He, she, it, they, whatever. The species, the topic has been done to death, which is why I don't really linger on Bigfoot too much in episodes and stuff like that. I think I did one maybe like three years ago. And it wasn't the greatest, I'm not going to lie. What am I going to add to the conversation? Regardless, he has to make this list just because of the nature of Bigfoot. Without Bigfoot, we wouldn't have cryptids. We wouldn't have people looking and exploring for new and interesting creatures. So he has to break this list. Or she, it, whatever. I don't, it doesn't even have pronouns. It probably doesn't exist. Eee, I shouldn't have said that. Anyway, let's move on to number four. Number four is going to be another classic that you've probably heard of before. You may have even seen the movie featuring Richard Greer. Gear. I don't even know how you say his name. I don't like that guy. I don't like that actor. I don't like him. 
just don't like him rubs me the wrong way but yes we're talking about the mothman now number four on this list is the mothman of west virginia now the mothman is a humanoid creature reportedly seen in the point pleasant area from november 5th 1966 to december 15th 1967. the first newspaper report of this creature was published in the point pleasant register on november 16th 1966 titled couples see man-sized bird creature something it sounds like a title to one of my episodes to be honest Ooh. the national press soon picked up on the reports and helped spread the story across the united states the source of this legend is believed to have originated from sightings of out of migration sandhill cranes or herons of course there's got to be a logical explanation for all the cool ones right the creature was indeed introduced to a wider audience by gary barker in 1970 and was later popularized by john keel in his 1975 book the mothman prophecies claiming that there were supernatural events related to the sightings and a connection to the collapse of the silver bridge the book was later adapted into a movie <laughs> richard greer gear g-e-r-e gear Gear. i know how to say it i just don't like him so i'm gonna mess it up every time an annual festival in point pleasant is devoted to the mothman legend number three is kind of a weird one to be fair i don't know if you can really classify this as a cryptid but i'm gonna toss it in there as a mythical legendary being anyway and we're gonna go with fairies now there's a huge assortment and variety of fairies out there but just the folklore aspect behind these creatures is super interesting to me and it's one of my favorite all-time stories mythological creatures cryptid whatever you want to call it they've been around forever and they generally come from european cultures like celtic and slavic german english so on and so forth they are often described as metaphysical sometimes as spirits and often supernatural myths and stories about fairies do not have a single origin but are rather a collection of folk beliefs from disparate sources various folk theories about the origins of fairies include casting them as either demoted angels or demons in a christian tradition and as deities in a pagan belief system as spirits of the dead as prehistoric precursors to humans or as simply spirits of nature which is what i like to believe them in those wonderful little spirits that you or sprites or little things that are just flying around in the woods now where i'm from well where i live now anyway there's a lot of fairy doors it's hard to walk through any kind of park or walking trail without coming across a fairy door and if you don't know what a fairy door is kind of look it up it's a really cute little door that people have kind of screwed into a tree not great for the tree the rust and the shit from the screw kind of kills the tree a little bit but i mean they're kind of fun if you kind of think about not killing the tree aspect but hey whatever the label of fairy has at times applied only to a specific magical creature with human appearances magical powers and a penchant for trickery other times it has been used to describe any magical creature such as goblins and gnomes fairy has at times been used as an adjective with a meaning equivalent to enchanted or magical it is also the name for a place these things come from the land of fairy now one reoccurring motif of legends about fairies is that they need to ward off fairies using protective charms common examples of this include church bells wearing clothing inside out four-leaf clovers and food fairies will also sometimes haunt specific locations and lead travelers astray using will-o'-the-wisps which are a little like dancing light things they're cool i like will-o'-the-wisps before the advent of modern medicine fairies were often blamed for sickness particularly tuberculosis and birth deformities which is terrible to be honest 
In addition to their folklore origins, fairies were a common feature of Renaissance literature and romantic art. They were especially popular in the United States during the Victorian and Edwardian eras. The Celtic revival also saw fairies establish a canonical part of the Celtic cultural heritage. Our penultimate one, number two, the Jersey Devil. Now why the Jersey Devil, you may ask? Well, I have a strange affinity for the state of New Jersey. I have never been there. I have never really even thought about going there. But growing up, my favorite hockey team was the New Jersey Devils. Uh, so kind of a correlation there. Kevin Smith is one of my favorite all-time filmmakers. And there's just some sort of allure about the Pine Barrens and the mini New Yorkishness of it, which all New Yorkers are going to fucking hate me for. And same with New Jerseyans. To be fair, New Jerseyans, is that what they're called? See, I don't know much about the state other than I have this weird draw towards it. So naturally, the Jersey Devil comes in at number two here. Now, in South Jersey and Philadelphia folklore, in the United States, the Jersey Devil, also known as the Leeds Devil, is a legendary creature said to inhabit the forests of the Pine Barrens in South Jersey. The creature is often described as a flying biped with hooves, but there are many variations. The common description is that of a bipedal kangaroo or a wavern-like creature with horse or goat-like heads, leathery bat-like wings, horns, small arms with clawed hands, legs, cloven hooves, and a forked tail. It's a mishmash of fucking everything. It has been reported to move very quickly and is often described as emitting a high-pitched blood-curdling scream. Now what are the legends behind it? Well, the most famous one is the Mother Leeds' 13th Child. Now according to popular folklore, the Jersey Devil originated with a Pine Barrens residence named Jane Leeds, also known as Mother Leeds. The legend states that Mother Leeds had 12 children and after finding she was pregnant with the 13th, also the cursed child because the 13th, she cried that the child would be born as the devil. In 1735, Mother Leeds was in labor on a stormy night while her friends gathered around her. Born as a normal child, the 13th child eventually changed into a creature with hooves, a goat head, bat wings, and a forked tail. Growling and screaming, the child beat everyone with its tail before flying up the chimney and heading into the pines. In some versions of the tale, Mother Leeds was supposedly a witch and the child's father was the devil himself. Some variations of the legend also state that there was a subsequent attempt by a local clergyman to exorcise the creature from the Pine Barrens. Maybe not the reason why I like it is because it's a mishmash of fucking everything and the drawing on every site you will ever see if you look up the Jersey Devil is this ridiculous like Alice in Wonderland looking creature. Kinda looks like the Jabberwocky a little bit. But hey, what do I, I'm not an artist, so I can't. It just, I love it. I love everything about the Jersey Devil. Super fucking cool. But why isn't it number one? Well, what is number one then? If the Jersey Devil isn't, I just gave you a whole diatribe about how New Jersey is a special place to me in my childhood and that I've never been to. Well, we're gonna go to another place I've never been to. Cornwall. Not Cornwall, Ontario. Everybody's driven through there to get through to Montreal, and it smells like shit. No, we're talking about another shitty Cornwall in England. I'm kidding. I don't know if it's shitty or not. It's probably fine. It's probably okay. It's probably a nice little place. But of course, we are talking about today. Number one, the Beast of Bodmin Moor. In British folklore, the Beast of Bodmin Moor is a phantom wild cat reportedly to live in Cornwall, England. Bodmin Moor became the center of the purported sightings after a 1978 occasion with multiple reports of slain livestock. The alleged panther leopard-like black cat of the same region came to be popularly known as the Beast of Bodmin Moor. 
In general, scientists obviously reject such things because they're scientists and they don't have an imagination. However, people beg to differ. It is possible that something got imported way back in the day and just kind of survived, maybe even thrived on the livestock of the countryside with no natural predators. A wild animal that got imported from, say, Asia or Africa could very easily live off the livestock of the countryside without anything to kill it. Now, there really isn't a whole lot of information available about this creature, which is a shame, but maybe the mystique behind it is what I'd like most about it. It takes place in a place far, far away. It's not North American, which is the main thing. And kind of like fairies, there's a mystical creature aspect to this. It could very well be very real with a panther or leopard coming over and just escaping from the zoo back in whenever, you know, back when England ruled the world, essentially. There's the British Kingdom was everywhere and they were bringing shit over all the time. Could very well be a thing. Or maybe it is a phantom cat, which is very cool. Like ghosts are creepy, spirits are creepy, but a phantom ghost cat? Jesus. I don't know. To me, that just seems really, really cool. But that does bring us to the end of this episode. But before we go, I do want to know, what is your favorite cryptid or even mythological creature? Really hit me up on that Facebook page. Type it out on the wall if you can. I think you can. You should be able to pose on the wall. I'll have to look into that. If not, just let me know in some way, shape, or form what your favorite beast, creature, mythological thing, cryptid, whatever it might be. Let me know what it is. And who knows, maybe I'll let everybody else know what that is too. If it's a whole bunch, I'll pick up my favorite ones. And if you can tell me why you like it, even better. But that is going to do it for me this week. My name is Casey. This has been the Ominous Origins Podcast. And if you like what you heard, please feel free to leave a five-star rating on Spotify. Or you can still even leave a message and a review on Apple, iTunes, or Apple Podcasts, whatever it's called. Either way, it would be super awesome. Helps the podcast grow. And if it's a five-star, I will give you a shout-out on the show, provided I can find it. Because, you know, these uh, Spotify ones are a little bit anonymous. But if you do, let me know, and I will do my best to give you a shout-out on the show. And you can contact me on social media on Facebook at Horror Shots, on Instagram, where I've been posing a lot more lately. So check that out. And that is Ominous Origins Pod, or on Twitter, which I never use because Twitter is ruined now and I don't like it. But you can still follow and message and tweet and stuff like that if you'd like, at Horror Shots Prod, as in production. Until next time.